Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. The fragrance of garlic has always been a clear sign I'm home. And it's no coincidence that for many years of my youth and adult life, a Korean grandma, either one of my own or now my son's, has warmed the house with cooking and food stories to fill the belly and the heart. I have not written a book about that cross-generational sharing in the kitchen, but I know someone who has. That's Vanessa Okurawe. Vanessa is the author of an illustrated children's book called Jollof Rice with Grandma, and she's with us in studio to share how and why she cooked it up the way that she has. Vanessa, welcome to St. Louis on the Air. Thank you very much, Elaine. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, Jollof Rice with Grandma is a very sweet story that focuses on a little girl, Ada, and her grandmother, who's visiting from Nigeria, and they cook one of the the staples of Nigerian home-cooked meals, jollof rice. What is jollof rice, Vanessa? (laughs) So, Elaine, jollof rice is uh, a very popular dish, um, not just in Nigeria, but in West Africa. So it's cooked by millions of people. And it's basically a dish that, of course, it's got rice as the base, but it's cooked with tomatoes and onions and peppers and garlic and ginger and meat and chicken and plantain. So you can make it as um, plain or as... uh, uh, diverse as you want it to be. Mm-hmm. But it's a party staple. It's a party staple. It's a party staple. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I have seen people talk about, very heatedly, about jollof rice and how it should be made and what makes it good. What accounts for that kind of controversy? Right. So I think it's similar to what we see here with the barbecue wars, right, where this part of the country cooks better than this part of the country, but you, you get it mostly amongst the West Africans, specifically like a, a Ghanaian, someone from Ghana and someone mm-hmm. from Nigeria, where they choose to cook it in a certain way, but Nigerians, of course, think that they cook it the best. Right. So it's, you know, it, it, you know, how spicy is it? How tasty is it? You know, how smoky is it? So that's, I think that's almost typical. We see it across different cultures. Mm-hmm. And I don't think jollof rice is any different in West Africa. Yeah. Was that uh, any part of why you wrote this story? And is this story in this book inspired by personal experience? It really is, um, Elaine. And what I wanted to do was tell the story that I believe not many people know about. So we hear about all kinds of foods, right? We're we're familiar with sushi or pasta, um, and they become global meals. And then I felt with a lot of the West African dishes, they're not known on the global stage. And there's so many of us living in the diaspora, but still we we haven't been able to, we haven't been able to elevate um, our food to the degree that we see um, other cultures doing. And one, I wanted to change that. I also wanted to get more positive stories about West Africa and Nigeria specifically, because we tend to have a lot of the one-sided stories. You know, Mm -hmm. things are always going wrong. And for those children who are growing up either as uh, Nigerian-Americans or Nigerian-Brits, I wanted them specifically to take pride 
in the positive stories also have a more holistic idea of their origins and for them to be able to share with their friends who didn't have those cultural backgrounds. So I, I, I wanted to be able to just tell a different narrative and in a fun way get to educate the parents, the the teachers, the, 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 the friends. I just had a conversation with our painter this morning. So my husband, maybe a few weeks ago, I wasn't home, I was traveling for work. My husband um, gave him one of my books. He has a six-year-old and my husband decided to just share the book with him. And he told me this morning, the painter told me this morning that his six-year-old really enjoyed the book and he used to be a sous chef and he's going to try the recipe later. That gave me joy because he's from small town Missouri and now he's, he, he, he'll know about jollof rice and he'll go ahead and try it. Right, right. You know, job done. Right. right? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this book is written for children um, to read with their parents or with a, a grown-up. But as an adult, sort of given some of the things that I shared in the intro, I was struck by the makeup of this family and how the children interact with their grandparents. You know, I grew up with my grandmother living with me and my siblings, um, and also lived with grandparents, you know, in my adulthood. Why is this book then um, cooking with grandma and not with mom or or mum, as it's written? (laughs) (laughs) That was deliberate. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And why is that, that you chose grandma um, rather than it's being, you know, like a mother to, to daughter, sort of one generation removed? Right. So that, again, that was very intentionally, Lane. I didn't grow up with my grandmother. I wasn't lucky enough to have my grandmother uh, with us in the initial days. So being born in England, my grandma was three and a half thousand miles away in um, Nigeria. So we did eventually close that gap when we moved um, to Nigeria. But still, she li- lived hundreds of miles away, both grandmothers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I wanted a situation where I took away the everyday experience. I was used to cooking with my mom. My, my, even my dad cooked. My mom was a nurse. And so when she'll have hospital duty, my dad will take care of the cooking, you know, with me and my, my siblings. So I grew up with the, with the parents cooking every day. And I wish I had had the experience, Elaine, you had with your grandmother. <laughs> but I see that with my children now. And I see that when my mom um, comes over to visit and the children just love, they absolutely are delighted to just share some time with her going through the different ingredients. Even though I do the same, it's a different experience. They prefer (laughs) it with grandma. And I just wanted to, again, tell that story and give grandparents uh, maybe more of a broader role in our lives because we don't see them that often, especially for those of us who uh, have grandparents thousands of miles away. I wanted them to feature in a way that, we don't see every day. Mm -hmm. Now, as Ada and Grandma are preparing to cook, um, this is from the book, Grandma Mm -hmm. suggests that they list all the ingredients they need and that they do so in a journal that will become Ada's recipe book. Vanessa, may we have you read from the point Ada returns to the kitchen with the journal? Yes, I can definitely read that. So, great, said Grandma. Let's get started. You correctly pointed out most of the ingredients we need. Go ahead and write those down. We also need a few more items, so your list will get longer. 
onions, vegetable oil, bell peppers, atarodo. Grandma, is atarodo the same as scotch bonnet, the tasty hot peppers? That's right, Ada. And finally, we'll use some beef broth. I love jollof rice, Grandma. I love cooking, Ada exclaimed. What do you like about cooking? Well, I love learning about the different ingredients. I love the smells. I like eating. And having you here is a real treat. We love spending time with you too, Ada. Thank you. There's an excerpt from your book, uh, Jollof Rice with Grandma. Now, this is being... Uh, this is a book that is now available at a time where, from my perspective, I've been here for about nine and a half years. It seems like there are more Nigerians here, um, more people from the continent. I mean, what is it uh, that you have observed over your time of living in St. Louis about Nigerian community it's very diverse, Elaine. I think that's the, the biggest observation. And that's you know, knowledge that I had. Um, you do have uh, people who are like me, who are coming from other countries, right? This is my, my third continent. Um, but there are also people who are coming directly from Nigeria. And what I always appreciate is the diversity of Nigeria. You have over 200 different languages spoken. Um, over here in St. Louis, again, there are Nigerians from all parts of Nigeria speaking different languages, but because um, English is a common language, you know, that that kind of helps bring people together. Um, also, uh, we get to share our different cultures. Uh, they're in all works of life. You have people who are medical doctors, you have people who are nurses, accountants, engineers, you know, you have people who own their own businesses. So it's a very diverse group of Nigerians. And I love the fact that we are, we we still maintain the culture. So wherever you go to a Nigerian party, people just show up right in <laughs> in their outfits. You know, people are wearing their gillies and there's still there's still so much pride in who they are, even in St. Louis. I think there's it's more common to see Nigerian gatherings on the coast or in places like Maryland, DC, mm. um, New York. But I think over the years St. Louis is has become more attractive to people who are coming from outside because the the quality of life is you know better. It's more cost effective to, yeah. to live here, and um, there are opportunities here if we can get out of our own way. But there's still issues that we need to deal with in St. Louis. But there's more opportunity here, and I, I feel like a lot of Nigerians and other West Africans and other people from different parts of Africa are leaning into the fact that St. Louis is a great place to live. Mm -hmm. You know, we just need to maybe share more stories about yeah. it. So I was really curious about the the ingredients and mm. atarodo is something that you mentioned. Scotch bonnet. Is Scotch bonnet the closest thing to atarodo? And have you noticed that there have been uh, there's been greater availability of ingredients that are used in West Africa? Somewhat, Elaine, uh, but what I also find and what I've learned over the years that if you go into a lot of the Asian supermarkets, there are brilliant substitutes. <laughs> so I, I there, there are markets here where I can get um, peppers that are close to scotch bonnet. So I actually grow them myself, mm -hmm. um, which is great. So I grow them during the summer and make sure I have enough to take me through the winter. But there, there are a couple of markets here that focus on um, West African or Nigerian or African ingredients. So we go there, you've got a couple on olive, and there are also some of the Asian markets where I can get 
get my nice substitutes. Mm-hmm. So it might not always taste the same, right? Right, but you can get really close uh-huh. to it. And I think that gets at sort of a, a question that some people have about mm-hmm. authenticity. Mm-hmm. And when you leave your home country. It's not that you are being inauthentic. You're, you're working with what is available right. to you where you are. Another thing about the book is the illustrations. And I noticed the, the patterns on the dresses. Um, and the, the illustrator is also someone of Nigerian descent, right? That's How right. did you link up? Right. That was another intentional approach, um, Elaine. I wanted to have a Nigerian illustrator because there were nuances I needed him or her to capture as they uh, developed the, the the book. And so with a Nigerian illustrator, again, I'm busy, you know, I'm busy mom doing lots of um, things, busy at work. And I, I didn't have the time to actually just be very specific about what I wanted. So working with Olamide, uh, I was just able to talk to him about what I wanted, stay at the high level, share my vision. And he was able to just illustrate what I wanted, the patterns, the colors, what grandma would wear. So a lot of our grandmothers usually wrap their, their, you know, at their heads. And I didn't need to explain to him why or what that needed to look like. He, he, he knew intuitively what I was seeking out. So I was very deliberate in seeking out a Nigerian illustrator for those mm-hmm. purposes. And when you saw the illustrations, were there things that he included that you may not have thought of, but were were perfect for what you're working with. Uh, n- not really. He yeah. he had my my vision down. Okay, he, he got it down. Yeah. <laughs> so the the book it ends with uh, with a recipe, and the way that the story part of it wraps up is with um, Grandpa weighing in about what he thinks. And he says, this is the best jollof rice I've had since I arrived. <laughs> everyone laughs and Ada beams. Now, did you finish the the story in that way because you would like it to continue somehow? I mean, there's a recipe that comes thereafter. There's a recipe. Yes. Yeah, so I, I love that question. And and yes, I think there's a continuation there, but it's with a, it's going to be with a different type of food, for example, because again, there's a wide variety of food that I would love to to celebrate. But I also, I was deliberate about a few things because if you notice in the book, dad has a role to play. Dad actually suggested that he would get the cooking started. Um, and so I wanted to dismantle these, these more traditional views of what a man's role is versus a woman's role. Mm-hmm. And then grandpa just appreciating Ada, I think give, giving her more confidence. I would love to build on the power that we as parents, as grand- grandparents have to really lift up our kids and give them this pride of place in our world. So mm-hmm. yes, more to come on that. Yeah. yeah. So this is about a, a child, mm-hmm. Ada, and her younger brother, mm-hmm. Toby? Toby. Mm-hmm. Toby. Toby. Mm-hmm. And you said that you have children yourself? I do, yes. So how much of this is sourced from what you have seen them go through? I mean, you did mention that they delight in in grandparents coming to spend time. But was there anything else that was really child-focused in what you were doing with this? 
Um, yes. Uh, so my, my kids, I've got two boys. So the reason I focused on Ada is that I didn't want either of them to feel, well, mom, why didn't you write about me? Or this <laughs> okay. looks like me. So I, 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 I said um, Ada is, and Ada happens to be the, the name of my only niece. Oh. So all my, I have all nephews okay. and just the one niece. So my parents just have one granddaughter. Yeah. So we used Ada as an amalgamation of all the kids. Um, and, and so the things that they do, you know, asking the questions, wanting to write things down, that the, the eagerness, the enthusiasm, the, the colours, uh, chatting in the car, all those things, you know, my kids do every day. So mm. I wanted to make sure I incorporated that. Vanessa Okuraiwe is the author of the children's book, Jaw of Rice with Grandma. Vanessa, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Elaine. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Doerr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.